What's up, this is Keyshawn Vaughn, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert. Finally back on the YouTube and Periscope. Uh, you guys let us know in the chat whether or not you can hear us. Hopefully we're not having any audio issues today. Uh, for everybody listening on the podcast or if this is your first time checking us out on YouTube, uh, please Subscribe to the Roster Watch podcast and Apple Podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. You can find all of our content at rosterwatch.com. With that being said, Byron, big episode today. The top five unveiling of your personal running back rankings. Uh, they won't be our official Roster Watch kind of team cumulative rankings because Trashman and I will get ours in and we will, uh, we will have that soon. I think probably next week. We'll get it up the week before the draft. Um, so we're getting close, but Byron is unveiling his uh, his running back rankings right here on the podcast. We went through numbers 15 through number six last time. Uh, Byron, do you want to recap those before we get into the top five? Sure. Uh, in the last episode in my top 15 rookie running back rankings, this is pre-draft for the 2020 NFL draft class. At number 15, we had the redshirt senior LaMichael P. Ryan from the University of Florida. And number 14, we had the senior James Robinson out of Illinois State. Uh, at number 13, we had the junior out of Boston College, A.J. Dillon. At number 12, we had the redshirt sophomore out of Maryland, Alex, Anthony McFarland. I'm not sure if you've gotten around to watching any of the, any of the uh, videos I've been sending over to you, but boy, man, he's starting to a little bit of, little bit of hype is starting to permeate in the, in the fantasy ethos right now. Do you have, do you have Darrington Evans ranked above him? I forgot. I think you do, right? One above him, but I mean, I'm I not sure I should. should. Yeah. I, I like I'm McFarlane. I'm not sure better. I should. It was really, really close. I mean, McFarlane, I'm, uh, I was, as I was touting last week, everybody needs to get their eyes on him. That's a very, very exciting player. And he's not just fast, man. That dude sheds contact. He has great feet. Did, um, was it was it, it did a lot of Paso volume you in were talking to who had him in his top three or whatever of the of the class chris trabasso from cbs indeed it was i mean a top three that's that's high well that's oh, his man. neck of the woods up there you know he lives up in that area of the country and trust me if you've i think if you've seen a lot of anthony mcfarland it's pretty difficult not to um have some interest there. So a player that is rising across draft boards industry wide right now uh, at number 12, uh, Alex, you mentioned it. I'm, I'm sorry. At number 11, Alex, you mentioned it. Redshirt junior out of Appalachian state. That was Darrington Evans, another player that peeled off a big 40 time at the combine and has a little hive uh, there on Twitter and uh, in the uh, NFL draft world himself at number 10, we had Zach Moss, the senior out of Utah, at number nine, we had the junior out of Arizona State, Eno Benjamin. 
at number eight in my rookie running back rankings. I have the senior out of Memphis, the uh, weapon X, Antonio Gibson, kind of the uh, player that I dubbed as you know, one of the most special players in this class. It'd be very interesting to see if the NFL does the right thing and how they handle that player as he comes uh, along early in his NFL career. And number seven, we had our, I had our RB one from the senior bowl, Alex, that's redshirt senior out of UCLA, Joshua Kelly. And then at number six, a source of maybe a mild bit of controversy, a player I certainly really like and a player I was very, very high on coming out of the NFL combine, the junior out of Florida state uh, was cam Akers. So that was my top, 15 through six that uh, we revealed uh, in the last episode and uh, ready to get well, on. I, your top I can five. tell you, but I can tell you by deductive reasoning, I, I know who your top five are. I don't know the order. There is one in there. That's going to be a surprise to everybody, uh, but I'm finding out the order the same as everybody else here. That's watching this, uh, watching this live or who's going to hear it here on the podcast as soon as we get it, get it published and up. So Excited to hear it, man. You just want to get started. I don't think we have any sort of drum roll effects we could put in live. Maybe I could do some of that in post. <laughs> let's just go ahead and get into it. Yeah, let's hit it. So, uh, as I stated on the last episode, Alex, there's a clear cut number one in this class that definitely stands out above above the rest. But there was You're not also tell partic- us the one, are you? You're not going to tell us there the was one. Also like, let's do particular- that last. There was also a particular prospect in this class that. Uh, represents the bridge from the middle class to the upper class or the upper crust, as you called it in the last episode of this year's running back group. And, you know, a lot of arguments, a lot of folks would make the strong argument that player in this class, that bridge player is Cam Akers, who I just mentioned came in at my RB6. And like I said, I do like an awful lot. But for me, there's another player I'm going to make the case for as the bridge player in this class, a player that reminds me very much of carry on Johnson uh, if you remember, Alex, what a difficult and polarizing uh, evaluation Carryon Johnson was at the time. But I know you remember the trash man's love for him. And I think we found out in general, you know, when healthy, he's just turned out to be an overall good and exciting player. I wish uh, the so- Lions knew. I wish the Lions knew that. Such donks, dude. <laughs> All right. So for, for me, coming in at number five in my top five, Alex, we got, uh, let's see, we got the red shirt senior. Coming in at five foot ten, two hundred fourteen pounds, eight and seven eighths inch hands, ran a four five one forty at the combine, and jumped uh, thirty two inches in the vertical and one hundred and seventeen inches in the broad. That is the redshirt senior out of Vanderbilt, Keyshawn Vaughn. Alex, you know I wasn't going to hold out on you too long here. And when it comes yeah. to Keyshawn Vaughn, this is a player that played forty six games over the last four seasons. He played a lot at Vanderbilt, but he wasn't quote unquote overused from an NFL perspective. Uh, he's a guy who was a transfer from Illinois to Vanderbilt. Uh, almost 19 touches per game last year in 2019, 18.9 touches per game uh, to be exact for Keyshawn Vaughn last year. But he'd been more of that 15 touch per game guy over his career before that, much like a carry on Johnson registering a, an impressive 5.8 yards per carry over his career. And, Went over for 1,300 yards uh, as a player the last two seasons. So when it came to Keyshawn Vaughn, I saw a good receiver on film that maybe didn't have quite as many receptions as you would have expected in his college production. Uh, Once again, very similar uh, to Carryon Johnson. He did have 28 receptions last year at Vanderbilt, which certainly is 
evidence that he can catch the ball well enough. But Alex, when it comes to Keyshawn Vaughn, what I saw is just an excellent, pure, natural running back. He has great position-specific skills. He's a player who was born to be a running back. With Keyshawn Vaughn, you see good feet, good burst, good vision, good hands. He's got good enough speed. He's elusive. He's got very good contact balance. And for a player his size, he's a demonstrably a finisher. Now, I know one of the concerns with Keyshawn Vaughn will be his breakout age of almost 20 three years old uh, when the draft um, expires here in a couple of weeks. Uh, But he was also a player that had the second highest college dominator score for our good friend, uh, Matt Kelly over at player profile. And that that was second only to Jonathan Taylor in this class. So while Keyshawn Vaughn may not have the prototype workhorse size and build, he has good size and build. And while the speed is an elite, it's good at four, five, one. You know, the lateral agility and the burst maybe aren't elite and violent like some of the very best we've seen. But overall, Alex, Keyshawn Vaughn is a very, very elusive guy on tape. And we got a glimpse of it for just a little while at the Senior Bowl on day one of practice before he was you know, pulled out for a quote-unquote injury. But, I mean, he looked good, and I'm pretty confident to say that Keyshawn Vaughn would have almost certainly been in the mix for RB1 in Mobile had he – completed an entire week of practice there. And, you know, like I said, as a prospect, he reminds me very much of trash man's love for carry on Johnson a few years ago. And, you know, I'm not the only one draft guru and NFL insider, Gil Brandt recently tweeting out that basically the general public is sleeping on Keyshawn Vaughn when it comes to how the NFL is evaluating him and that he's got a lot of Tony Pollard to him, which is certainly not another comp, uh, that I, I I don't mind that comp at all. I like that comp, Alex. So really, we didn't when, see it came to Ke- when it came we to Keyshawn Vaughn, I, I just put up the I, I just put up the clip of one rep from the Senior Bowl where he looks like a good receiver. But I don't think we saw the like Tony Pollard was just such a. I'm, I guess I mean you didn't even remember Tony Pollard at the Senior Bowl. No, I had to remind you a year later that he even played there. He Tony wasn't Pollard's a guy that call, Tony Pollard's college fucking tape, dude. Come on. It's like Keyshawn Vaughn doesn't show, 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 show out as the receiver that, that Tony Pollard did. Well, I, I mentioned that. You'd like to see more, but I, I, he's a guy I think can definitely catch the football. We saw the 28 receptions last year. So basically when it came to Keyshawn Vaughn, for me, Alex, he's pretty much got most of what you're looking for at the running back position and uh, a player I view as very, very slick. He's a 35th percentile athlete. Um, you know, if it, if you 28 receptions, it was 14 percent of the team's that team's market share of total receptions on the season last year. He did score. Can you believe how bad Vanderbilt sucked last year? I mean, he only had he had 10 total touchdowns. It's had 48 percent of the team touchdowns. That's just that's just sad. 40. They have. They, that's hard to believe. That is, it could, can that even be that Vanderbilt only had 20 offense? 20 offensive touchdowns last year. I mean, they play in a difficult conference. I mean, that's the other thing we don't talk about is the level of comp. You think of Vanderbilt as a small school, but this is a high level of competition. Uh, Trashman doesn't think he's evasive. I I didn't necessarily think his evasiveness was my real issue with Keyshawn Vaughn. My issue is just like he, he, he lacks explosion. Um, he, He, his production also declined from his junior to his senior season. The things I did like about him, his frame, Byron mentioned, prototypical frame. He's a he's a 
I mean, I think that the evasive. Do you, Byron? You don't think he's evasive through? I mean, he's he's evasive because he's a powerful one cut and go runner, well, he's got right? Great like, vision, good feet. He's elusive, man. He doesn't have crazy he runs lateral well through contact. Him, he's a very right. elusive player who, like you said, he's sheds, patient I mean, with waiting for his blocks. He like he he can he can great he can instincts. Great instinct. The guy is a natural born. I mean, he really has tremendous position. I just, I'm a, yeah. skills. I just, I don't, I have trouble. Four, five, with, one I mean, is fast, man. Yeah. How, how much uh, are you going to bang him for running four, five, one? I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, but I mean, if we're talking about guys who we're going to, who we're going to, um, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to give credit to despite the fact that their offenses were bad or that they were in bad offensive situations. I can't, I won't have Keyshawn Vaughn ahead of Cam Akers. I I think Cam Akers is just a, a better, more naturally elusive runner that has the that has the same the the the, the same power, uh, the same leg drive. Well, he's, he's definitely not a more elusive runner than Keyshawn Vaughn, and that's not even close. And I would, well, just I would look at the offensive. I lines. would I would I would go to battle on, on. I would die on that hill any day. Now I like Cam Akers and then, a lot, and then if you look at not the, elusive like Keyshawn Vaughn. It's just not not, I, I not at the second level. Not at the it's second like, level. I can't believe you would say that when you field. look at what if, whenever you could look at what Cam Akers can do to create on his own behind that horrible offensive line. But not like, in the second level, Alex, and not in the open field. Cam Akers is not an elusive player once he gets in the second level. He's just well, not he, not. He has the kind of elusive. He he has the kind of elusiveness that I value a lot more for that kind of banger of a runner because once you get in the open field as a four five one, uh, you know, running back, this type of guy, like. It's neither of these guys are going to be guys who who are going to take the lid off. Like what? Like I care a lot more about I care a lot more about elusiveness through the through the line of scrimmage and the and, See, but, and the, but Vaughn and the doesn't generate. Vaughn is Vaughn is is so natural at picking the holes and following his blocks. He is elusive back there too. He just didn't have to show it off maybe as much. Uh, because maybe some of those plays you're seeing where guys were getting so far in the backfield. I look, I like Cam Makers, and I, I think you could argue he's more of a workhorse and he's more explosive. I just don't. I see a less elusive player. We could be splitting hairs. My number five and number six guys, but listen, Gil Brandt tells us that that folks are sleeping on Keyshawn Vaughn, and he has a good bead on how the NFL views these guys. So I feel I have no doubt that I have no doubt that we should always listen to everything that Gil Brandt says as far as what he's hearing. But for me, for, look, I mean, it's just I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna have Cam Akers at number four, number five. So it isn't like we're, we're worlds apart. But I do feel like there's a drop off there at that spot. And if we're talking about the drop off, like you're saying that like Keyshawn Vaughn's the bridge. I I mean I do I feel like you have to consider Cam Akers as part of that bridge too. It's like maybe the bridge goes to six. But I, well, I don't. There's I a don't couple think. guys that could be in that category, and I think the guy at number four could also be in the bridge category, Alex, it's a, he's a player you see all over the place on various draft boards and, you know, definitely could be considered an, one of the other bridge players from the middle class to the upper class, uh, in, in this year's, uh, crop, but, uh, the junior coming in at five foot seven, 207 pounds, nine and five, eight inch hands ran a four, six of the combine pumped up 15 reps on the bench and jumped out of the building a 39 and a half inch vertical and then a solid 123 inch broad. That's the junior out of LSU, Clyde Edwards Hilaire coming in as my RB4 in the class. He uh, likes being called Hilaire, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Hilaire. I think that the age games. is like kind of Cajun and, and uh, kind of Cajun and silent. 
man, I got to tell you, Keyshawn Vaughn, some, he's just a more natural running back than Cam Akers. As good he's as not. Cam Akers' individual <laughs> skills are, he's, as a whole, he is so much more of a natural running back. And I just, it's Give just me Akers. Me. I don't I know like what Akers films better. you've been watching on Keyshawn Vaughn, but I would implore you to take a second run, Alex. I don't trust that the trash man did enough homework. Uh, 38 hey, uh, games played. What, dude, what, what, what do you equate me to that fucking trash man for? You don't think I do my own shit? Come on, dude. <clears throat> I'm just saying you cited the trash man's uh, perspective on this. No, I said that I, 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 I put a, I, I put a big I defended, discount on that. I defended you. I, def- I I was saying I don't agree with Trash Man's take that he that that Keyshawn Vaughn is not elusive because I think he's a powerful runner with terrific leg drive. I, I well, think let me ask you: Were you low on Carry On Johnson? As it turns out, I mean, forget no, I the think I had him as R- stuff. As I think I had him as RB four. RB four. I don't. I'm not sure. I remember the Trash Man having him much higher than than I can put, But well, nonetheless, Trash Man had him at RB two. Like uh, like I could I could look back at my twenty was a twenty set those twenty seventeen. I could look back. Another I guy that was just just polarizing. So it's not a surprising conversation to be had. But anyways, back to Clyde Edwards, Lair. 38 games played at LSU. He barely played as a freshman. Uh, 28 games played over the last two seasons. That's about four. That's exactly 14 games a season and 18 and 19 for Edwards Allaire, um on average. But it was 15 games that he played last year with the national championship. Good production in 2018. Great production in 2019 on more volume. You know, obviously on a great team with Joe Burrow that uh, was putting him in a position to create a lot of production there. Um, you know, it's not the full blown college production profile you'd love to see out of Edwards Allaire, but the 55 receptions last year and the steady upward trajectory of his workload with an increase in production and efficiency with volume over time in his career is very encouraging. Uh, I think you can make the strong argument when it comes to Edwards Allaire that he actually has just the right amount of mileage uh, left on the tr- on the tires. You know, it's the right amount of tread that he he was used just just the perfect amount in college as NFL teams uh, see it. And you, you got to think with Edwards Allaire, you know, obviously he's had plenty of seasoning on one of the very best teams in the country at the very highest level of f- college football competition. 5.7 yards per carry, including 6.6 yards per carry last year in 2019. And Edwards Hilaire was also just that dude that was the heartbeat of the team. Just a tough, gritty player who had a knack for making plays in the clutch. And he's nifty as hell. I just Edwards Hilaire, Alex, is a guy that, quote unquote, has it, which is very difficult to quantify in models and in, uh, in, in, in rankings and evaluations, but it's hard to deny that. 1,867 yards and 17 touchdowns in the national championship season of 2019. It was 18 touches per game. And uh, he got a lot of really traditional running back reps at LSU, which is something you don't see with a lot of these other guys who are taking the ball, you know, almost exclusively out of shotgun spread formations, et cetera. You got to see a lot more that actually translate directly uh, to the NFL. And I know, you know, people are a little down on the four, six at the combine, but as you reminded me in a post combine podcast, Alex, I mean, he did jump almost 40 inches in the vertical. So this isn't a guy that's devoid of explosive ability. And when it came to my comps for Clyde Edwards, Lair, I settled, I ultimately settled in on Ray Rice, Devin Singletary with a bit of Devonte Freeman mixed in. It was, I mean, he kind of just looked – he was so short, though. I think Ray Rice is fine. MJD, those guys are all kind of – those players are all pretty similar. 
Michael Turner might have been a little bit bigger. I, that was it was he was just the first guy that popped into my head when I when I was watching Clyde Edwards Alaire. Do you know what's funny, Byron? Is you know he caught fifty five balls last year. And people talk about what a good receiver he is, but if you look at the context of their offense. Keyshawn Vaughn actually had 14% of his team's receptions compared to Clyde Edwards Elaire that had 13% of his team's receptions. Crazy. Um, whenever we Joe Burrow was asked who the best player he's ever played with is. And remember, Joe Burrow, yeah, clearly he played at LSU, one of the greatest college football team ever. But he before that, he was at Ohio State. And he was around a bunch of those Ohio State guys from these last you know, three to four drafts. And he said, no question. Clyde, Clyde's the best player that I've ever been around in my life. So he's an alpha, uh, you know, people love him. His teammates love him. Uh, very productive player. And as Byron said, the 4.61, but still a 69th percentile athlete overall from his combine testing this year. Do you see him as a, do you think Clyde Edwards, Elaire could be a three down back at the NFL level? Or is he I think he's got the chance to do everything that Devin Singletary's just done. And if he's Ray Rice, that was a three down back. It might only be 15, 18 touches per game, but I mean, he's the epitome of, of a useful player in today's NFL. And, and forget about that. He's just a good player and a good running back, period. Coming out of a tremendous program, the junior profile, a lot of tread left on the tires. I think NFL teams are going to be smitten with Edwards Alaire, and I expect him to contribute early early at least in some kind of you know ancillary role with the ability to 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 gain more touches in pretty short order like i said you know similar to maybe what we saw out of devin singletary last year one more thing um do you do you, the 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 other knock you hear about edwards edwards Hilaire on twitter and elsewhere is that he might be a product of the awesome system at lsu it's the same thing we hear about all these guys burrow except to, like does to, to, does that come into your mind at all in your evaluation, yeah, I mean, you weigh you weigh that a little bit, but you can also say he played at the highest level of competition. He contributed to a national championship team. I mean, it's you know, I I, I think it's a small, it's a small it's sixes, it's a nit- right? I mean, it's six of one half dozen. Yeah, okay, it's I get it, pick, right? I mean, there's just too many yeah. good players that come out of LSU. I mean, at some point, you got to realize like the players that come out of LSU, those are damn good prospects. That's that right. that that carries some weight, right? Boy, that was going to be an awesome pro day. It's going to be an awesome pro day. Oh, it really was. It really was. All right. All right. Number three. Now, this is – so we all know who the top three are. Let's see what the order is. At least I, unless you're really going to shock the shit out of me. But I feel like I should – So it's – so it's – to be – so just to to recap the conversation, at six – I had Cam Akers, who we also consider, a, you know, quote unquote, a bridge guy with Keyshawn Vaughn, who I had at five, and maybe also Edwards Hulaire, who I had at four. So, and truth be told, that could be that's kind of the group, in my opinion, that is the transition from the middle class to the upper class to this top uh, three uh, set of running backs, Alex. And so, at number three coming in, we have a junior weighing in at two hundred and twelve pounds with nine inch hands. He ran a four four eight. He jumped 35 and a half inches in the vertical and 121 inches in the broad. Uh, this is DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Uh, some various respectable folks in the industry have Swift as RB1 in this class, an elusive player with three down capability, along with great insta- instincts and a knack for making big plays. Swift has great feet and is more physical than you might expect 
uh, at his stature and obviously has the tremendous production profile coming out of a great program and a great conference as well. So 43 games played in three years for Swift, over 14 games per season on average, and an astounding 6.6 yards per carry at Georgia for DeAndre Swift. Over 13 total, 1,300 total yards the last two seasons, uh, but only a 12-touch-per-game career guy in Swift, Alex, that did bump up to 15.7 touches per game in 2019. In my opinion, he'd be an ideal fit somewhere like Kansas City. I mean, he'd be just a perfect fit in the way, think, way they like to do things over there. He can run the zone. He can run behind the man schemes. He can press the outside. He can cut it back. Swift can hit the toss plays, and he can take it up the middle. So I just overall – a very appealing player who has that elusive quality, three-down capability, and a, a good enough athletic profile and physicality coming out of that big program at Georgia, Alex. I think he, DeAndre Swift truly has uh, bona fide NFL viability. What do, you think about, what do you think about an Alvin Kamara comp? My comps for DeAndre Swift for Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders, and also a little bit of Devin Singletary. You, you like comparing Singletary to all these good players. You must love Singletary. Well, he's an elusive, smaller, stacked I know, I guy, know. right? I think that the Devin Singletary comp to Eno Benjamin is, is, is my favorite I've seen so far this year. Um, but I, 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 look, man, I, I look at him and I see a Camara. I mean, he is one of the shiftiest dudes that we're going to – you said the most elusive, one of the most kind of, you know, cut on a dime, shady McCoy – type of players this is a dude in open space he's an absolute absolute demon and a beast um also i mean 60th percentile athlete uh he's he's young he just he, he just deandre swift just turned 21 in january so you i mean you're getting him you're getting him in there young um on the you know on the right side of on the right side of age, I mean, Jesus, 21, he, he just turned 21. So also, um, yeah, I mean, 1,434 yards last season and eight touchdowns. I think that I'm just interested. Look, I'm interested to hear, like, can we just get to number three? Because I'm interested in how, or to number two, because I'm interested in how you compare and contrast. Or it could be number, I don't even know who your number one is. Who Can, can, can we move on to number two so I can ask my next question about Swift? Coming in at number two in my 2020 pre-draft rookie running back rankings is the junior coming in at 209 pounds with nine and four inch hands, 23 reps on the bench. Uh, this is oh, the player from Ohio State, J.K. Dobbins. Alex, an elusive player with explosive on-field burst, although we didn't get to see the measurables, the times in Indianapolis or at the we have plenty of times from the from the we have plenty of times from the opening and dude he's from down here in Bastrop like just east of where I live. He's a he's a he's a he's a very very good athlete. <laughs> I mean it's uh, uh we have the spark times from when he was you know doing the opening and stuff like that. I'm not worried about what he would have run or what he would have jumped or what he would have done with any of this stuff. He's an explosive athlete, and if you can't tell by just looking at him on the football field, you're crazy. Uh, you, you're crazy. You, you just don't want to well. look at. It. Both very elusive players, but in my opinion, it was Dobbins who demonstrated more burst on tape than DeAndre Swift. A natural three-down skill set for J.K. Dobbins with the ability to shed 
an excellent position, specific skills coming out of the nation's, you know, one of the nation's very, very best programs there at Ohio State. I mean, it's just an NFL factory, kind of what we said about LSU for Edwards. LR, you have to give that some stock with the prospects coming out of that place. 42 games played in three seasons for Dobbins at an average of 14 games played per season with an increased workload every single year. He began as a freshman at 15 touches per game, went over 1,500 total yards, then he went to 18 touches per game in 2018, where he contributed 1,300 total yards. And then last year in 2019, you got an eye-popping 23 touches per game, where he demonstrating workhorse capability, even at that size and stature, for 2,250 total yards for Dobbins last season. 6.2 yards per carry career, just absolutely eye-popping. Uh, only about 25 receptions uh, a year a little less than a, you know you know cut two receptions per game but overall you know he can catch the football and it's a great production profile for JK Dobbins on a steady upward trajectory where he showed he was viable from day 1 and also that he could handle more touches including big volume in 2019 uh and he's another player Alex I feel that comes to the NFL with a good amount of tread left on the tires I think I'm with you, man. I, 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 I'm having a lot of trouble between these two guys. And it was just who do you think is who do you think is more elusive in the open field between J.K. Dobbins and DeAndre Swift? I had exact same score on those guys for that yeah. quality. So like I don't, I, I don't know what to, I don't. But it. Well, so so Dobbins, what is it? So what is it that made more, you, What did, what what made you like Dobbins more than Swift? What areas, what areas did you find him more appealing than Swift from an attribute standpoint? Well, he's a more explosive player. I mean, mm-hmm. and look, I have, cl- I have similar grades on these guys. But Dobbins is a more explosive player on tape. We saw 23 touches per game last year, which Swift came nowhere close to that. I mean, like I said, Swift was 12.7 touches per game in his career, 15 and change last year. Uh, that's nowhere near putting up 23 touches a game at Ohio State. So I think he flashed – maybe a little bit more capability uh, to handle to handle some volume there Alex and then I I just and and part of this is tied to his explosive ability I just saw more a, a little bit more big playmaking ability out of Dobbins than Swift but you know we're definitely splitting hairs when you're when you're talking about that with either of those players yeah I agree man it's a, it's a it's a tough decision between the two I it just it feels like Dobbins is the one it feels like Dobbins is a little bit more explosive, whereas DeAndre Swift is a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, it's hard to, just a little bit more balanced and a little bit, uh, just a little bit more, sh- a little bit more shifty and a little bit more, maybe they just have a different kind of elusiveness in the open field. And it's like that, expo- that explosive elusiveness that JK Dobbins have is just, to me is a little bit more appealing than the, than the, Super awesome, still, man. DeAndre Swift, like, it's a tough, it's a tough hair to split. But I'm kind, I'm kind of thinking I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to have Dobbins over Swift. But it's the that's the hardest, that's the hardest decision in all of my running back rankings has been just going back and forth and watching those two guys and figuring out who I who I like better. And I just and that's the reason why I asked you. I said I want to hear who your next guy is before I ask you this question about whether you had the same issues getting to your final that I've had, um, whether this, is that your toughest decision? 
I mean, it was close. It was close between those two, but it was, I mean, it was clear enough that Dobbins came out number two in my rankings. I mean, the other one that mm-hmm. would be really close is that is four through six, Edwards, Allaire, Keyshawn Vaughn, and Cam Akers for me. I mean, those are the other guys that are that are pretty close, but I really didn't have <clears throat> any any virtual ties this year like I've had in the past. Maybe that Antonio Gibson, Eno, Benjamin were pretty close. Uh, in my rankings, but uh, I thought things shook out pretty clearly for me. I'll tell you, Alex, I did have a longer list of comps for J.K. Dobbins than I did for Swift. I, I had some similar – actually, they shared a few guys as common comparables as well. But Dobbins, I said – what I say? I said Hunt, Singletary, and Miles Sanders for Swift. For J.K. Dobbins, I have Aaron Jones, Julius Jones, Tiki Barber, Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, Ray Rice, MJD, Felix Jones, Thomas Jones, Frank Gore, and then the shitty end of the spectrum was Amir Abdullah. So a little bit maybe (laughs) wider array of players there, but I think you get the picture. All those guys are mostly a little bit shorter guys with a good compact build that have quite a bit of juice. And nonetheless, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, both extremely viable uh, NFL running back prospects and then that of course leaves us at number one alex and this is the junior who came in at 226 pounds with nine and four eighths inch hands peeled off of just a blazing and eye-popping 439 in the 40 at indianapolis pumped up 17 reps on the bench uh, showed out respectively at, at that at that size with a 36 inch vertical 123 inch broad and then that 7.013 cone is a really nice time for a player that's 226 pounds at the running back position the 20 yard shuttle at 424 is maybe a little less desirable but not not in um not totally outside of the pocket and who i'm referencing here at the clear cut number yes, one running course. back the junior out of Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor, Alex, he stands out well above the rest in this class. It's because he's a prototypical workhorse back in the mold of the league's very best running backs with an explosive profile and an eye-popping size-speed combo with tremendous ability to shed and natural running back instincts. Taylor's capable of the big volume on all three downs that only so few players in the NFL can be relied on for. He does lack a bit of that extraordinary elusive quality of somebody like a Saquon Barkley, but there's just no other guys like that. He matches up very well with the rest. And by the rest, when I'm talking about Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he matches well with Todd Gurley. He matches well with Leonard Fournette, with Zeke Elliott, Melvin Gordon, and Nick Chubb. 41 games played in three seasons at Wisconsin at almost 14 games per year, 6.7 yards per carry, for Jonathan Taylor, 55 touchdowns, over 18 touchdowns a year on 968 touches on an average of 322 touches per season uh, for Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin, which culminated in you know a monster workload of 346 touches uh, last year at, at, at almost 25 touches per game, including 26 touchdowns. You know, so obviously there's a concern here with the amount of work that he's had just because of general shelf life of these workhorse uh, running backs. I thought Taylor showed off the hands uh, a little bit more last year with the 26 receptions. And we got to remember, he's still coming out with that beautiful junior profile. And, And you can argue that he's had three and a half, four years worth of touches on him during that time. Uh, but he still does come out after three years at Wisconsin, not totally 
uh, just run into the ground over four years. And you look, look, Jonathan Taylor, maybe he's a one contract guy because of that volume. But look, look pretty healthy to me, Alex, running at four, four, three, nine, the two time Doak Walker uh, winner. I mean, he had an absolutely beastly three year career. And, you know, you know, maybe in some respects, he's the type of player we're going to prefer plays behind a good offensive line in the league like maybe some of these other big backs that aren't quite as shifty and a little more downhill but you know the bottom line is jonathan taylor he's one of those rare players and prospects and not many other like him exist in the nfl